For decades, Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akhle was an icon on television screens across the Middle East. And when she was killed by Israeli forces on May 11th, her loss was felt deeply, especially among her fellow Palestinians. But for Lina Abu Akhle, Shireen's niece, the grief is far more intimate. I think the most thing that I miss is preparing our breakfasts together on weekends. We had our like designated stations. She would be preparing the eggs and the tea while I would set up the table. And that was actually the last Sunday we spent together was preparing breakfast as a family. Since Shireen's killing, Lena's had to take on a role no relative ever wants to fill. For the past over 100 days now, I've been calling for justice and accountability for the murder of my one and only aunt, Shirin Abu In our last episode, we examined the circumstances around Shirin's killing and Israel's investigation of it. Today, a look at the push for accountability in the United States. I'm Hala Mahiyadeen, and this is The Take. If you've been following Shireen's case, you've probably heard Lina Abouakle talk about her aunt. She was like a mother to me, like my second mother, definitely, like my oldest sister, best friend. She was everything. Can you tell us what you were doing when you first found out that something had happened to your aunt? I was actually asleep. It was around um, 6.45, closer to 7, when I received a phone call from my father, who was in Somalia, where he works with the UN. He told me that you need to check on your aunt. She's been injured. Then while I was on the phone with him, a friend of mine also texted me, Lena, we heard your aunt has been shot. Is that true or is this fake news? Pictures started appearing on social media, even though Lena had no idea what was going on. She got in touch with Shireen's colleagues, who weren't sure how to tell her what had happened. Eventually, they broke the news to her and then to the world. Let me bring you some breaking news. An Al Jazeera correspondent has been shot by Israeli forces. We understand that she's been killed. I remember it was just, we were all just screaming in the house because it was, it was a moment of disbelief. It was in that moment that I realized that for the first time ever, Shirin is the breaking news and not the one breaking the news. So that is something that I never, ever imagined. I can't imagine how many interviews you've done since Shireen was killed. How are you? I'm I'm okay. It's definitely been a tough few months now. Tough is even an understatement. It's it, it's not easy. Grief isn't easy. It definitely comes in waves. It's not the easiest thing. But we're trying. I can imagine and you really haven't had any closure yet at this point, have you? No, there hasn't been any closure. There hasn't been any justice. It's just been very frustrating to wake up every day and knowing that 
your aunt is no longer with you, that you lost your best friend, and no one has been held accountable for her killing. Shireen's fame as a journalist has brought a lot of attention to her case, but there's another part of her identity that's opened up an avenue for accountability, and that's her American citizenship. So the Abu Akhlir family has a key demand, a US-led investigation into Shireen's killing. In the aftermath of her death, Biden administration officials have also talked about the importance of an investigation. Here's Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. We were looking for an independent, credible investigation. Then White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. We call for a thorough investigation to determine the circumstances of her death. And Ned Price, spokesman for the U.S. Department of State. We call for an immediate and thorough investigation and full accountability. But who would do that investigation and what it would look like hasn't been settled. It's just been merely statements at this point, and this is what we are fed up from, especially us as a family. We appreciated all their statements of sympathies, condolences, but this is the time where we want to see meaningful action. Those comments you heard from members of the Biden administration came out in May and June. And then, on July 4th, the State Department released a statement. The U.S. security coordinator, a military general based in Jerusalem, did a forensic analysis and ballistic analysis. They also summarized the findings from the Israeli military and the Palestinian Authority investigations. Based on that, the State Department said that gunfire from the Israeli military was likely responsible for Shireen's death. And they also said they found no reason to believe her killing was intentional. When the U.S. State Department released that statement that was just damaging to the truth, we were shocked. Nine days later, U.S. President Biden left on a tour of the Middle East. His first stop, Israel and Palestine. As President Biden prepares to visit Israel and the occupied West Bank, the United States is facing accusations it's whitewashing the killing of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh. The connection between the Israeli people and the American people is bone deep. What's the outreach been like from the administration? Did they get in touch with you at all? Ahead of the trip, was there any effort made to try and meet with you guys? We requested it so many times. We continued to tell them we would like to meet the president, but there wasn't even enough coordination from their end. We were the ones who were reaching out to try to understand what their next steps are and trying to ask them to meet with the president. And how does that make you feel? It feels like we have been neglected. The president was like 10 minutes away from our family's house, from Shireen's house, from where Shireen was born and raised. And he still did not make any effort or any time to meet with our family. That's why, as a family, we said we will have to go to D.C. and take matters in our own hands. So that's what happened. A couple of weeks after Biden's trip, Lena and her family made one of their own. They flew to Washington, D.C. to meet with the U.S. Secretary of State. We met with Secretary Anthony Blinken when we were in D.C. a few weeks ago with my family. 
We continue to stress on our demands for a U.S.-led investigation. We expressed our disappointment and outrage over that statement that they released. This was not an investigation. It was merely a statement of a few paragraphs summarizing the Israeli investigation, which we haven't seen, and a PA investigative report that was published. And it's not just the sourcing the Abu Akleh family took issue with, but the conclusions. So it was very frustrating that they said that they didn't have anyone qualified to determine intent, but they had to go that extra mile and write it on the statement that it was not intentional. Shirin's killing was not intentional. So what could the US government be doing instead? We asked a lawyer with a deep knowledge of cases like Shireen's. I'm Catherine Gallagher. I'm a senior staff attorney at the Center for Constitutional Rights in New York. Catherine has worked with families of American citizens killed by Israel before. That includes the families of Rachel Corey. She was killed in the Gaza Strip by an Israeli army bulldozer in 2003. Corey was trying to obstruct the demolition of a Palestinian home. And Furkan Doan, who was aboard a flotilla meant to break the Israeli blockade of Gaza back in 2010. Commanders lower themselves from the helicopters and onto the Mavi Marmara. That's the lead ship in a flotilla of six vessels which are carrying aid for the Palestinian territory. Now, Catherine's also consulting the Abu Akleh family. So we asked her what recourse they might have. Normally, if a citizen is killed abroad, the U.S. might provide support to the family, but leave the investigation in the hands of the country where the crime happened. That doesn't make sense here, Catherine says. Shireen was killed by a foreign military. And so in this case, it should be that the United States is involved. It would be strange to leave the investigation of a U.S. citizen killed by a foreign military to that very government. So given that point, there are a few options the U.S. government has to investigate on its own. The United States has been a signatory to the Geneva Conventions for decades, and the Geneva Conventions, among other things, inhibit the targeting and the killing of civilians. And certainly journalists are among the most protected. Back in 1996, the U.S. codified its obligations under the Geneva Conventions, under something called the War Crime Statute. That War Crime Statute actually has not been used in any cases to date. But there is a specialized unit that has been set up and expanded within the Department of Justice called the Human Rights and Special Prosecutions Bureau. And that office, we know, is looking into potential war crimes committed in the context of the Ukraine armed conflict. And we know that because Attorney General Merrick Garland went to Ukraine in June. The United States is sending an unmistakable message. There is no place to hide. We will, we and our partners will pursue every avenue available to make sure that those who are responsible for these atrocities are held accountable. And on that trip, Garland announced something new. A team focused specifically on war crimes accountability. 
So if they are investigating, as they should, the killing and wounding of U.S. journalists in Ukraine, they should also be investigating the killing of a U.S. journalist that the United States has recognized has been killed by a foreign government, Israel. Now, we asked the Department of Justice about this. Are they investigating Shireen's killing? Will the War Crimes Bureau be focused only on Ukraine? They declined to comment. But even if the Department of Justice does not proceed with a criminal investigation, other agencies could get involved. The State Department could be gathering information and making recommendations and responses. In the case of Jamal Khashoggi, another journalist who was killed, we saw the State Department act on public information and investigations carried out by the CIA and other executive agencies to decide to revoke visas to Saudi Arabian citizens. We saw the Treasury Department respond in the Khashoggi case by issuing sanctions against certain Saudi officials. We haven't seen any action like that taken yet either. Catherine did mention something she wouldn't like to see from the US, and that's interference with other inquiries into Shireen's death, like an investigation from the International Criminal Court. The International Criminal Court has an ongoing investigation into war crimes, crimes against humanity, and potentially genocide committed on the territory of Palestine. And Shireen's killing falls within the scope of what could be investigated at the ICC. Back in 2021, when the ICC launched this investigation, the US said it was firmly opposed to the court's decision. That opposition was controversial. Here's an exchange between Associated Press journalist Matt Lee and State Department spokesman Ned Price at the time. Where should the Palestinians go to get accountability for what they claim to be uh, problems? To Israeli courts? Where, where, where do they go? Matt, look, we, uh, of course, um, the United States is always going to stand up for uh, human rights. Uh, we're always going to stand up. Where do um, they go? Uh, Matt, that is why I think you—that is why you have heard us continue Matt, to endorse and to where? call for a two-state solution to this long-running conflict. Uh, a do two-state solution because force? it protects Israel's identity as a Jewish and democratic state, but also uh, because uh, it will give the Palestinians go? a viable state of their own where and fulfill their legitimate uh, uh, aspirations for dignity and self-determination. Where do they go? But no matter what the US government does or doesn't do, Shireen's family has another option. They can go forward with a civil court case. But it should not be that it's up to the Abu Akleh family through a civil action to carry out its own independent investigation and get answers about who killed Shireen. And it shouldn't be on their shoulders to individually hold the Israeli government responsible for her killing. That obligation should be borne by the United States in light of the fact that Shireen is a U.S. citizen, as well as the fact that the U.S. has continued to provide such significant economic, military, diplomatic, political support to Israel. The U.S. owes it to its citizens and to the Abu Akleh family to hold Israel accountable. 
And plenty of US lawmakers agree with Catherine. More on that after a quick break. Hello, I'm Charles Dance, your narrator for Hindsight, an original podcast by Al Jazeera. In season four, we meet the woman who skillfully maneuvered her way to power using her connections formed in and out of the bedroom. She is Catherine the Great, Russia's last and longest ruling empress. Hindsight from Al Jazeera, wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you very much for coming here today and being with the Abu Akleh family. Uh, my name is Deanna Bush. Back in July, when the Abu Akleh family spoke with Secretary Blinken, they also went to the U.S. Capitol and they held a press conference where they were joined by several U.S. lawmakers who also want answers about Shireen's killing. Here's Lena again. Knowing that we are not alone in this journey uh, gives us a bit of hope. Knowing that we have the support of over 80 members of Congress, knowing that we have all the allies at the Hill gives us that sense of comfort that there might be some sort of a transparent-led investigation. Dozens of lawmakers have pushed for more U.S. involvement and pushed back against what the U.S. has done so far. For example, on July 12th, a group of senators sent a letter to the State Department about their investigation, with a list of questions about their findings. They asked for a response within two weeks. By August 4th, they hadn't received one. So that day at a hearing, Senator Chris Van Hollen questioned a State Department official about whether they'd seen the letter. Have you seen that one? I have not. I, I urge you to look at that. I mean, this is, this is why a lot of so. us are concerned. Again, that was August 4th, a month ago. We asked for a response by last week. Okay. Um, so if you could get back to us maybe yes. later today to tell us sure. when we can expect a, a response on, on that. And we asked for... Senator Van Hollen's office has been pushing for answers to their questions from the State Department. As of the time we published this, they haven't received them. So I, I just... There are a number of us that are not going to allow this to be swept under the rug. We submitted the same questions and haven't gotten any information either. The State Department only told us they won't comment on their conversations with Congress. Van Hollen and some of his colleagues have also introduced a provision that would require the State Department to produce a report for Congress into, quote, the shooting death of Shireen. That could impact the $3.8 billion in military aid Israel receives from the US each year. But there's still quite a bit to be done before it's passed, if it gets passed at all. For journalists who cover the State Department, being roadblocked isn't something new. We talked to one of them. My name is Saeed Erkat. I am a Palestinian journalist here in Washington, D.C. I have been covering the State Department for over 20-some-odd years, maybe 25 years or so. Let's just start with an interaction that you had with the U.S. State Department spokesman Ned Price uh, back on May 11th. That was the day that Shireen was killed. I just want to ask you, do you trust 
is really investigating itself. I mean, I have asked this question over the past 20 years so many times. Now, you've mentioned that you have asked the US government the same question for decades. What sort of responses have you got over the years? Same old worn-out response. The Israelis have the wherewithal and the capabilities to conduct a thorough, comprehensive investigation. Of course they do, but they never do. I mean, you know, saying that they have the capability to do something and doing it, actually, in a fair and free manner are entirely two different things. It's very difficult for anyone that commits a crime to investigate themselves, and that's why you always need a third party. In one of the interactions that you had, you mentioned uh, when you were speaking to Ned Price that Shireen had been in that briefing room with you. She was with us in this room. It is, and it is important to us. Remember that. It is important to us that her legacy uh, be honored, be protected uh, with accountability for those who senselessly uh, took her life. This is a journalist. She's a Palestinian-American journalist. You know, she is very credible, very prominent. She's reported from Washington. She came with us to the briefing room. We sat next I mean, all these things. If someone like this is just totally dismissed out of hand because of their Palestinianness, then one would never expect that they actually would pursue another Palestinian journalist. You know, less than a month later, another female Palestinian journalist was shot and killed. Nobody talked about her. Saeed's talking about Gufran Warasni, who was headed to work when she was killed by Israeli forces. Witnesses told Al Jazeera that she was in the first week of her new job. My example really was used to say that this is someone, one of us, in this room. Any one of us in this room could be targeted like Shireen was. And that was the point that I wanted to make. Yeah, no, I I understand that because for me, I didn't know her personally. And when I heard the news about Shireen, I was really shocked. And the thing that upset me, I think, the most was the the reaction or rather the lack of reaction. Because I was thinking that that could be any of us. Yes, absolutely. And look at, you know, what... Um, uh, certainly the U.S. raises uh, the, the issue and when a journalist is targeted uh, in a place like Afghanistan or Ukraine or other places, but not in Palestine. I mean, you know, with these people, they conduct their job, you know. The young woman that was shot in Hebron, she was just going to her job at a radio station. She did not have the prominence that Shireen did. It was not in a, an area where an engagement was taking place and so on. But that's that's the way it is. There's some uh, upward of 62 Palestinian journalists that have been killed since 1967. I mean, the number is staggering. Now, you've had to ask the State Department for accountability when it comes to your own family. I'm, I'm referring to your cousin, Ahmed Arakatz. The Israeli forces killed him at a checkpoint in, in June of 2020. How does that impact you? It does impact me a great deal. The young cousin of mine, you know, from my family, I mean, I, I, I talked to his mom or his parents or his siblings and so on, and they think that I could probably raise the issue and have an impact and get an answer right away. But in fact, it's very frustrating. It never gets anywhere. Here's Saeed bringing up his cousin at a press briefing back in 2021. Last June, for instance, you know, a young cousin of mine was shot dead in cold blood, Ahmed Erekat, on June 22nd. His body is still there. The Israelis have not turned back this 
It's part of a larger question about the Biden administration's approach to Palestinian rights. And here's how Ned Price responds. Um, We, as an administration, uh, do indeed look forward to deepening our engagement uh, with the Palestinian people uh, and the Palestinian leadership. Um, You're a Palestinian-American. Putting these questions to the State Department and getting the same stonewalled answers time and time again. I mean, it must be soul-destroying going into the office every day. It is. It really is. And, you know, and uh, sometimes I say, I'm, I'm just too old for this, you know. But uh, in fact, it is, you know, it's, it's a worthy cause, for one thing. It's an issue that must be raised. Uh, and I feel I have an obligation to raise it. But you are right. It is very frustrating. Very frustrating. For Lena, one of her greatest hopes is to put an end to the frustration that families like hers and Saeed's are taking on. We just don't want any other family to have to deal with what ours has, which is why there needs to be accountability, there needs to be justice. And sometimes I feel like I'm speaking into a, into like an empty room and nobody's listening, but I'm not discouraged. I will continue fighting because, again, this is what Shirin would have done, continuing to speak truth to power and just continuing to amplify the voices of the Palestinians And that's what Shirin used to always do. And if that means honoring her and her exceptional legacy, then I will continue doing that until justice prevails, no matter how long that will take us. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Nagin Oliai and Amy Walters, with Ruby Zaman, Chloe K. Lee, Alexandra Locke, and me, Hala Mahiadeen. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Aya El-Malek and Adam Abugad are our engagement producers. And Ney Alvarez is our head of audio. We also want to send a special thanks out to Rania Zabana, who we couldn't have done this series without. She's back on the streets of the occupied West Bank, doing her job as a journalist every day. We'll be back.